Man, I waited a long time to uh, record this. I am not saying that I waited for the 14th anniversary debut for Wonder Girls, but I'm also saying that I waited. It ties into the story. Just, just roll with me. Basically, what you are about to hear for this story time is mm, almost a year old pushing it on saying it's almost a year old but this happened during the first kpsn podcast fest this online event that featured all kinds of how you podcasts that was put together by my team and hopefully will happen again this year this is my interpretation of history albeit some of it is just ridiculously exaggerated but most of it is factual and things could have been told in a better way but You'll hear why they weren't once the story starts. I also want you to stick around until the very end of the episode because somewhere within here, I have sprinkled the name of the A3 Day K-pop giveaway winner. So you don't want to miss out on that. (laughs) Oh, that was a lot. That was, that was, I had a lot to say and I was holding my breath because I just, I struggle sometimes breathing and speaking. (laughs) Let's get on with this episode. Yeah. It's time for an album a day sister show. Story time. Hey y'all. The thing about this is let's be let's be 100% honest. We already know that I'm partially prepared. And I work fairly extemporaneously anyway cuz it just works well for me. I record my show mm, sometimes between 11 a.m. and uh sometimes between 2 a.m. and things of that sort. So whenever the mood strikes It happens. I've been sitting on this story for months and it's quite damaging that it's not going to be told in the way I envisioned it, but that's neither here nor there. I'm going to tell it regardless. Long ago, once upon a time, how the story start? I ain't been a child in a long time. They start with once upon a time or, uh, okay. That's over. Once upon a time in South Korea, there were a whole bunch of people who loved music. They were able to share their experiences and all that good stuff through the beauty of personifying their feelings through instrumentation and or lyrics. Then the American military came in there when we really should not have and we went messed up some stuff and exposed them to Western music and we damaged everything. And yet all of that brought us to where we are now at this point in time where there's a a cornucopia, if you will, of music that sounds a lot like music you would hear anywhere else in the world so i understand there's this big debate and things of that sort about oh k-pop's not a genre or it is a genre we're not here to discuss that although it is a conversation i like to have that's not what we're doing today today i want to tell you about the magical delicious kingdom of k-pop yeah it's a kingdom it really is and this kingdom has some very prominent dynasties in it if you will. Now I thought about it. I thought about going through every single label and kind of telling you this, that, and the third and whatnot that, oh, well, you know, this one here and this one my story, my way. And of course, with it being my interpretation of the history, which those of us who happen to be in North America know that history books can be very, very edited. This is my edit on this history. So there will be some factuals, of course, some actual factuals listeners, but there's always gonna be, you know, how I just tell my stories anyway. So we're going back, oh my God, it's so long ago. 
so, so long ago to 95? 95, that's when everything really started to change. You see, before that, yeah, labels existed, evidently so. Just as much as there's independent labels now, they existed then as well. However, somebody took into consideration, we could really maximize on this. We could really set a standard. We could emulate the Motown vision. We'll never admit to it, but we most certainly will emulate it. After a lot of examination and exposure to Western artists, those particularly from the United States of America, one emperor, I wanted to say empire, but no, one emperor, and not, not emperor, one emperor, <laughs> one emperor, because if I say empire or emperor, that's going to genuinely imply royalty, but eh, one emperor, that's how we'll use it for this story. Eh. One emperor took all those things into consideration and said, hey, you know what would be best? Let's just get a gang of some very young and impressionable artists and bring them together and just see what we can do. There's a whole bunch of individuals in the the trot scene and things of that sort, but I really want to do something a little bit different. So one Isu man decided to put together a system, Su man's system. We commonly know of it historically as SM Entertainment. Long, long, long time ago in 1995, he took it upon himself to establish an actual label, an entertainment label. Now, let's be clear. A label is more than just the parts of giving us albums and music to listen to on our streaming platforms or on a, a CD and things of that sort. It's more than a concert. An entertainment company, which the formal name of SM Entertainment, <clears throat> I mean the formal kingdom, of SM Entertainment Co. Limited <laughs> is a full-fledged entertainment company. It takes care of the things of presentation, grooming for artistry and entertainment, film, media, distribution of not just the, the things that you can hear, but the things that you see as well. They are the reason that there is such a push of the phenomenon Hollywood. Now, wait, wait, you might've heard that the word Hollywood wave was established by some uh, nomenclature from Chinese terminology. Mm, yeah, that's, that's definitely true. But this is the kingdom that heralded, they really did. So somebody added SM, or as I like to think of it, small Motown, SM, I like that, I'm gonna go with that. The Kingdom of SM Entertainment Co. Limited, <laughs> they basically said, we see what you're doing and we want to emulate it on a larger scale. This kingdom is the oldest of the big three, the original big three. Now, some of you listeners, you already know the story that the big three is not the original big three anymore. The big three has always and forever will be CJNM, SM, and now Big Hit slash JYP. Even though Big Hit is technically not in JYP's pocket anymore. YG is up there if you want to go ahead and call it a big four, but men lie, women lie, numbers don't. So... SM before they actually became the kingdom that they are, what they were were they were a little village, real cute little village. And it existed from 1989 to the 1995 time. And that's not a very long time to be able to exist. You're looking at it from a standpoint of they had a handful of years to figure out what it was that they wanted to do. 
and not necessarily clarification on what the direction would be for that. But in per Isu man was like, no, 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 I got this. I'm not even worried. I've been looking at what's going on over the ocean with the VHSs that come over here that I have the change to be able to grab. And I want to turn this into something more. So he's consistently committed to Valentine's Day, which for us is Valentine's Day here in the United States. It's just another switch it up gender holiday over there. One is for the men, one is for the women, one are for the singles. So the village of SM Studio was created February 14th and it lasted for a short amount of time until enough attention and enough money, I mean enough attention and enough interest was invested into the growth of it becoming something larger. The reigning royalty there is undeniable. It is the label that is most associated with international interaction with music producers, videographers, and the likes. That's not to say that the other kingdoms, one that used to be a high-ranking one, such as YG Entertainment, does not have a place in other countries as well, but this is one that consistently promotes it. This is a kingdom that is very committed to international relations, so much so that when things got a little hectic earlier in the apocalypse that we're experiencing here in 2020, they took it upon themselves to issue a formal statement, re-solidifying their commitment to international relations, aka consumerism. We all need it. They're a corporation. And if you're not selling anything, you won't get anything. Understandable. We often think of the more recent dynasties that come out of SM. We think of the Royal House of Shiny, which is an undeniable one. That even in the breakage of things that happen devastatingly, the land of Shiny still stands. We think of the growing nation of NCT and how they are literally the culmination of all the efforts of the boy bands before them bound into one. They're only four years old in the kingdom, yet they are devastating other artists, if not compared to. We think of the ambassadorship of EXO, how they are constantly sent out there against their will sometimes to be the face and representation. We think of the three musketeers that happen to be super junior. You think of the queens for a long time who had their crown in battle, uh, battle royale with another kingdom, but we'll talk about them in a second. Girls' Generation. You don't ignore the court gestures that were held down in the basement, FX, and you start to pay a little bit more attention to these new princesses or duchesses, if you will, Red Velvet. But the issue with all of those names that I called out is that they totally ignore who holds the crown. Granted, granted, we have an emperor of Isu Man who is very much involved in the dynamics of his company, but what we don't do is acknowledge enough the original kings and the queen. It's not queens, it's queen, just one. So we have this group who literally their name implies that they are the royalty of the nation. And they were a larger group and then they got smaller 
And this happens quite a bit where you have things in these groups and uh, dynamics make things kind of adjust and shift themselves around where you might have some departure. Oh, but when you're a god, when you're a god and your actual kingdom allows you to be that, it's a little harder. So although the actual terminology, K-pop idol, comes from SM Entertainment. And just in case you weren't aware of that, that came from HOT. They were the first group coined as an idol group. So SM has always, as I said, associated with how you, that should be the first thing to pop into your brain. But you might have the originators, but you have to have someone who stands on the land, who dominates, who can pop up whenever they feel like it, do a nice little online concert, and don't break not near one sweat and they dancing hard the whole time <laughs> who i'm referring to is tvxq now listeners they also have had the name dbsk but they are the rising gods of asia that is their name and when you ascend beyond your level of royalty at some point someone's going to idol you at a very high level so they just figured they would just grab the name early on while you have them who it'll be a while lord have mercy it's gonna be a while before we really talk about them a lot in the show because we're just in season four um and season four is the a's oh it's gonna be a long time i might just skip it and jump on up to them be a dbsk and then come back to them as a two with tvxt i don't know we'll sort that out later but while you have this this reigning king and they're a duo but while you have this reigning king you have a queen you have a queen and this queen has been molded in the same fires of Ihori and other powerful women who came before her. She's undeniable, yet they still try to deny her. And the interesting thing in this is that a lot of the people who live in the village of SM like to speculate about the fact that she ultimately could take over if the opportunity presents itself. I'm not saying I approve or deny of it of any way or shape or form, but I would be pleased to see it. There's a queen. Her name is Boa. She's done what your faves are just getting started doing. There would be no space without what she innovated. You have to put some respect on Queen Boa's name. She's an empress. She's a goddess. She's amazing. And it doesn't matter if you're not a hardcore fan of her or not. When you start to look at the trajectory of what she's done while she's been reigning for all these years, bow down. So we have all of this going on. Fun stuff is happening. Other groups are coming. Other people are coming and dancing on shows or not moving at all while they sing because that's a creepy thing that happens over there. There's a tyrant. I mean, there's another player <clears throat> in the scene. He's watching while he's a backup dancer in a group. He contributes. <laughs> he contributes, but not as much as, as the seer, as the leader of the group. So long time ago, Back in Korea, when I was talking about the vampires of K-pop, I said that all of them had the origin of one person. <laughs> and this one person happens to be in this group. Um, there was a group called Sotaji and the Boys. And Taji is a vampire, but we're not going to get into that more than what I've just said now. But one of the members who happened to be in that group as well happens to be the tyrannical leader of another kingdom this is a foe in the folds if you will of the whole scene so if sm is going to be the shiny flawless 
Look at the pink, look at the black and the silver and the white of it all. It's just so quintessential, idolistic. Then we're going to be the bad boy because quiet is kept. I got a little bit of a chip on my shoulder because I wasn't the leader of the group, but I can lead a kingdom. So in 1996, YG Entertainment was established. Competitive, definitely so. Innovative, quite a bit in ways that aren't anticipated. Perhaps you weren't aware that what we know as light sticks now did not really become what it is until one of the artists at YG Entertainment established that. Perhaps you weren't fully associated with an urban rugged bad boy image until you got exposed to YG Entertainment. So if we have the kingdom of SM Entertainment uh, co-limited, then we have the kingdom down off way off to the side in the area where the, like the trees is real high so it look dark all the time it just be blotting the sun out on a regular basis that would be yg entertainment the kingdom over there was established by yang hyun suk and there are other people who are involved in the leadership but it's very much a family affair over in this place and it was established february 24th 1996 the humor of it all that February 14th, 1995 is when the other kingdom established and you decide, give me some time, give me a year and 10 days and I'm gonna get on your neck. Try as they might, try as they might. They have a very, very, very different approach to how a kingdom should be handled. Uh, the king of this one, and I would like to say that there's others, uh, but not really. But not really. The, the king of this is Big Bang. However, some of their crowns have tarnished over time. We'll get into that in just a second. The important thing is to say that the tyrant owns and controls everything. No matter what the dynamic is, no matter what the controversy is, nothing goes forward, left, right, or backwards, up or down, without it making its way into whatever it is that he is referring to whatever it is that he wants to see is what happens so we'll talk a little bit more about that right after the drop the a3 day k-pop giveaway contest ran from january 29th until today february 12th and although i had initially planned on announcing the winner the winner <laughs> the winner friday february 26th i thought that that would be a little bit unjustified at this point so i'm just gonna go ahead and tell you all now the winner was selected and it was done by random selection via rafflecopter.com so shout out to them and they will be receiving an email just in case they don't hear this episode but we want to give a congratulatory applause to cassandra d So more information will be emailed to you. That way you can figure out what it is that you would like to use that Amazon gift card for. And also in the event you weren't selected for this. First off, let me tell y'all, it was 183 of y'all who entered. What? Well, when did y'all have the time? I, I'm usually bowled over by how many people want to participate in stuff that I got going on is the craziest thing to me. <laughs> so thank you, all 183 of you. That is sickening. That That's insane. But if you're like, oh man, I really wanted to win something. Okay, okay. There's, there's still opportunity. If you go over to Podchaser 
If you go to podchaser.com slash B as in boy, K as in kite, C as in cat, and you leave a rating for my show or a favorite episode of my show, as well as possibly someone else within the Black into K-pop coalition, you have an opportunity at a $100 Amazon gift card. So that's a gift to one lucky person from the Black into K-pop coalition as well as podchaser.com. So go ahead and check that out and let's get back to this episode, yeah? All right, we out here in the forest of YG tyrannicalness. I wish I had like a, I'll, I'll probably find a way to add like an animal sound effect right in there when I go ahead and edit it. It just feels right. It feels right. It feels like a dragon should be there. And wouldn't you know it, there is a dragon locked up in this kingdom. So the kingdom of YG Entertainment has a history of some of the more edgier artists, if you will. One time who had no issue of emulating the sounds of Western music because some of their members were from the the United States. So that definitely worked out in their favor. Um, Often much you would have a lot of males in terms of the artist roster at one point in time. There were much more women. Uh, There's a group called Big Mama who used to be there that I'm excited to tell you all about probably in season five. It just, the bees seem so far away. So season five. And um, there were the Icons 21 who y'all heard me cry all through their first episode because my soul was in shambles. Now you currently have Blackpink. There were, are, ish, other people there because the land of YG Entertainment they have a lot of small sections around it but they don't really get to thrive that much either because that's just how the tyrant handles things but the kings even if you google it until some very advantageously excited fans decide to edit it (laughs) the kings still rule as Big Bang they were the most bankable the most profitable to the kingdom as a whole. They were the ones who allowed the kingdom to be able to extend its reach and be able to have a long-term contract with Moet Hennessy Louis Vuitton. That whole conglomerate experience allowed the kingdom the opportunity to really expand in very aggressive ways. However, when you have a tyrant in charge, sometimes they can't see past right in front of themselves. They don't necessarily see the benefits of being able to help everyone else. And because of some choices to hide some of the difficult and disgusting underbelly of the things going on in their kingdom, they've been losing the stones in their crown for a very long time. There's other artists there, Blackpink, who we constantly have to beg as villagers to be able to let come out of the kingdom. There's other artists like Zion T who's on a label there who we might not ever hear again because he's in one of the smaller communities that are around the label. It's heartbreaking, it's unfair, but this is how that kingdom functions. In the midst of all of this, you have one other kingdom that's trying its darndest. It's really genuinely trying to make something more wholesome, something that is for the people, by the people less of a kingdom, more of a democracy. That would be the kingdom of the the blue, black and white, the kingdom that was founded in 1997, April 25th, 1997, to be more specific. That would be the kingdom of JYP Entertainment. 
Now, the other two did this right after each other, 95 and 96, a year and two days, uh, 10 days to the change. This particular artist, J.Y. Park, took some time and said, let me see what they're doing. <laughs> let me watch. He was just a knight in the scene, doing his best, been active since 1992. These major labels did not even exist until 1995. So as a knight out here slaying, doing his rendition of R&B and his rendition of all of these other genres, he had time to really look. He's like, you know what? No bigs. I'm going to stake out, create my own land. And in my land, we're going to have some greater autonomy. But the difficulty in this is because he is a person who is in control of the land, he also is still a knight. He can't resist the aspect of being able to go out and show his swordmanship, his performance levels. So he had to get wise at some point and realize that he needed to step down from the ultimate active role of ruling the kingdom. Currently, this kingdom doesn't have a ruler at all. Numerically, however, there are some people who are within the kingdom who contribute heavily. The young ladies who stepped up from the show 16, because this particular uh, little kingdom likes to participate a lot in all of the little reality shows. Not to say that the others don't, but they like to participate and then bring their people back. They don't necessarily go searching out and scouting through particular shows as aggressively as some of the other kingdoms. They decided they wanted to entertain their own community and bring out their own artists through a show called 16. And from that, through the ashes of it all, a group called Twice Rose. And numerically, financially, they contribute a lot. They got a lot going on. I don't know if they're going to get a crown to a, a king who's a queen, but so be it. Thereafter... GOT7 has done quite a bit, but we're having some issues in the kingdom about GOT7 because the the young men within that group, they got a very, very, very scattered concept going on right now. They came in with a lot of energy to be just like the senior nights in JYP Entertainment, 2 p.m., but they couldn't quite maintain that. And now at this point in their career and in their age, there's a lot of rustle and bustle within the JYP community and the JYP kingdom that something very big is getting ready to happen for them. Case in point, the king, being as wise as he is with the street smarts of a knight, understood the importance at this time in history to be able to reach out heavily to the community at large to find the help that he wants. At this point in time, the day of this is July 18th, 2020, JYP Entertainment has a website up and on the website there are opportunities open to anyone willing to apply to be able to become an A&R, an entertainer for the uh, management section, scouting and recruiting and other opportunities as well. This is a huge shift That'll be very beneficial for a lot of people. Now, I see in the comments, a lot of people are like, wait a minute, wait a minute. Did we talk about without? Oh, no, we're not going to skip over that because that's a necessity, too, because we brought it back up earlier when we were talking about girls generation. Sometimes these kingdoms duel in real aggressive ways, and it's not just for the number one spot on the charts. Sometimes they duel by having the hearts of the nation. Girls generation, who belongs to SM Entertainment, definitely 
held that space for a long time. But at one point in time, another group rose up and were a real competition for them. If there ever was any royalty at JYP Entertainment at any point in time, it never belonged to a man. JYP has always been very, very open towards letting the women lead. And no one led more ferociously than Wonder Girls when they were there. Even at this time, all of them have left and they still talk about the amazing experience they had when they lived in the kingdom before they struck out on their own. Wonder Girls were and still are a force to reckon with. And a lot of the things that Boa did as a soloist, Wonder Girls did as a group, which made room for others. They were exceptionally respected, well-regarded, and still are to this day. There are other kingdoms popping up, little nations, if you will, that are popping up. Most of you who listen to this show are fairly new to uh, K-pop, so you're really checking out the nation of Big Bang. and Not Big Bang, I'm sorry, Big Hit. Lord have mercy. That's what happens when you look down and you see a picture of (laughs) G-Dragon. He happens to be the dragon at YG Entertainment. But you have the nation of Big Hit, which already came from the land of JYP Entertainment. So there is some knowledge there of how a kingdom could be ran, and they're trying their best to do it their own way. You also have the nation of P Nation, Cube Entertainment, and quite a few others. There's a lot who are vying, and no matter who comes up next, it will always reign supreme that these were the original three, and you can't take that away from them in any shape, form, or fashion. Bye, y'all. Your favorite foreign Korean music historian exploring all the industry from A to Z. There's sponsored ads and social media hashtags, but this show is truly supported by the efforts of my McGuala's, the most amazing fan base a little entertainer could ever have. Special shout out to my Patreon patrons, the student body, the scholars, and the staff who keep my vision of becoming your favorite foreign Korean music historian exploring all the industry from A to Z a real thing. If you're interested in supporting the growth of this content, please visit patreon.com slash multifaceted ACG. And for as little as $1 a month, you can get in on the magic too. Interested in continuing your support at the free 99 price? I'd love you for it. You can still engage with the show and me, your lovely host, when you retweet, repost, and share the show and use hashtag A, the number three, and the word day. Please consider leaving a few stars or a review on Apple Music, iTunes, IMDb, or Podchaser to keep things growing in the right direction.